Hello, everybody. This is Editing Andy. I have two quick messages for you. First of all, this podcast is for entertainment and educational purposes only and is not financial advice whatsoever. So please always consult a professional before making any money decisions. Second of all, this podcast is jam-packed with so much knowledge about Bitcoin, crypto, but also life advice because the man, Mr. Martin, is double my age. He's 46. He has so much wisdom to bring. All I say is just give this podcast like 10 minutes to warm up and then we really get into the flow of things and things get really juicy. So be open-minded for the first 10 minutes and then then we're really in the swing of things. All right, enjoy the episode. I love you all. Bye. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Attitudes with Andy. This is a place where we get to learn and grow together from the elite. So thank you so much for being here. Today, uh, guys, if you've ever heard the words crypto, blockchain or Bitcoin and you've been like, what the heck is that? Or you want to learn more, then this podcast is definitely for you. Today, we have the honor of diving deep into the captivating world of Bitcoin with an exceptional guest, Martin Davidson. Uh, Martin is a renowned entrepreneur, educator and community leader in the Bitcoin and blockchain ecosystem. With an impressive track record, Martin has not only led a thriving Bitcoin business, but has also played a pivotal role in raising a staggering $5.9 million for a blockchain mining company. His visionary leadership led to the development of the world's first blockchain knowledge hub and co-working space, the Blockchain Center. Martin's deep understanding of business and real-world applications of blockchain technology has enabled him to facilitate education workshops and host industry events, ensuring sustained leadership in the blockchain industry. With over 15 years of professional expertise in sales, including managing national sales teams and his his insights are invaluable. Martin's expertise has earned him interviews on esteemed platforms such as Triple J... Drive Time Radio Show, (laughs) Sky News Business, and ABC's Known and Unknowns, and many podcasts. His perspectives have also been featured in notable publications like The Australian, AFR, Sydney Morning Herald, and Financial Magnets. And now, Attitudes with Andy. Today's Martin. Today, Martin will unravel the wonders of Bitcoin, shedding light on why it has capped the world's attention and transformed the way we perceive currency and transactions. Get ready for an enthralling conversation that will leave you with a profound understanding of this groundbreaking technology. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Andy. Nice one. (laughs) I was like, wow, it always feels so long when I read it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I was like, wow, that's, uh, that's, this guy's done a lot. (laughs) Yes, um, you have. It was what it was. It was been, wow, all those things were a few years ago now. It was about six years ago. Yeah, 2016, 2017 was when, like, really things started to kick off around the blockchain center. Mm. And so that's where a lot of the media um, coverage, uh, that's when it happened, yeah. Yeah, so now you're coming out of hibernation and you're, you're ready to do <laughs> a few more. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah, it feels that way, yeah. Yeah. Oh, have you, you know, Unrusted because I've got some juicy questions for you. We're going old school. I've written them down. Fantastic. Um, but the first question, obviously, when you start at the beginning, what is crypto? What is the blockchain? Great question. What is crypto? Well, and the blockchain. Um, Bitcoin is a payment system. Um, it's a store of value, and um, it is the world's first decentralized payment system. 
Um, there's no third party involved. There's no bank involved. You don't need a identification. You don't need any credit score. You don't need an address. Um, anybody can use the Bitcoin network. It's completely free to to create an account um, because it's just using cryptography, key pair cryptography, um, which is the basis for most blockchains. Um, the different types of cryptocurrencies, they all work similar with key pair cryptography. Um, but Bitcoin was the first and has the most value and the most users. Um, it has the highest market capitalization. So there's more money invested in Bitcoin than any of the other um, cryptocurrency projects. Um, so yeah, so it's 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 so Bitcoin is an alternative to the existing financial system. The way we transact with each other, we use bank bank accounts to transfer money to each other, or maybe we use actual paper currency to pay each other. Um, so Bitcoin doesn't rely on the government or or, or banks. Um, it's it's a completely decentralized system that anyone can use over the internet, um, and it's potentially very revolutionary because it's liberating with respect to you know some countries in the world have embargoes put on them by the credit card companies um so you just can't if you're living in that country you can't transact with the rest of the world you can't use visa paypal or mastercard um yeah because of the amount of fraud that happens in the country but obviously not everybody is you know is, is, is a fraudster um but it what it does mean is you know the central banks and these um credit card companies they decide which countries can trade with each other and which citizens of which country can trade with each other. So Bitcoin is uh, an antidote to that. Um, anywhere with an internet connection, you can send and receive Bitcoins and then you could change them into your local currency or you might be able to find someone that will take them for a good or service. You know, you might be able to buy it directly with the with the, with the the Bitcoin or the cryptocurrency. Um, so that's Bitcoin. Um, oh, yeah. Sorry, keep going if you like. Yeah, so blockchain technology is just basically one aspect of, of Bitcoin. Um, it's kind of like a digital ledger um, where anyone can download the history of a blockchain, which is all the transactions that have happened since the blockchain was um, which um, started or operated or launched. So in Bitcoin, it, it was launched at the start of 2009 and um, anyone can download a full copy of the Bitcoin blockchain, every single transaction that happened since 2009. Um, I don't know the, the, the gigabyte size of it now, but... <laughs> Must be huge. Well, it, yes and no, but because of the way the system works is it's really um, the amount of data that's attached to the transaction is very minimal. Right. Yeah, so it's not... Um, um, so it does have that advantage. Yeah. Um, and then you download a copy of this, this all the transactions that have ha ever happened. And then you can operate what's known as a node. So you have all the transactions. You connect um, to the Bitcoin blockchain. And then all the transactions that are happening on the network can, can be verified by your node. And what that does is there's thousands of people around the world running, running these nodes. Um, and that means that it's all checking to make sure everybody is using the same history of transactions so it prevents people from duping the network or s me sending you a, a bitcoin when i don't have a bitcoin right okay so it stops any yeah as you said fraud and stuff that's right yeah, yeah because it's being every time a transaction is being sent it goes around the network it takes roughly about 10 minutes for a transaction to go into a block and that's um 
that's the role of the miners, um, people running these special machines that mm. they're, they're specially designed machines that just run the, the code of the network. Anyone can do that, but it's a it's a commercial um, endeavor now. So, sure, you could buy yourself a mining um, device like an ASIC mining chip. It's a, a special device, um, but you'll be competing with, you know, corporations that have got thousands of these machines. So therefore, they will um, uh, they will outpace you when it comes to finding a block. So it's just the way the system is designed. It's it's very elegant. Um, does take a little bit to get your head around it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, um, but um, but that that essentially is a blockchain. So people send each other transactions um, in a in roughly ten minutes. The the miners are verifying the transactions. They they find another block. They're looking for a, a specific number. It's the calculation that they do. The machine that finds this the solution to the problem that the network's putting out that machine is then allowed to stamp the the transactions into a block and that adds to the blockchain and then everybody else everyone that's got the copy of the transactions the ledger or the node all gets updated with that information and then it goes on to finding another block and that creates a chain of transactions a history which is called the blockchain and um, it lends itself well to um, as a financial payment network and a store of value. Um, but it also has other applications as well because Bitcoin, for instance, is divisible to eight decimal places. So I could send you one hundred millionth of a Bitcoin, just a little bit of Bitcoin, which mm-hmm. is called a Satoshi. Actually, No way. Uh, yeah, Satoshi is like the smallest unit of Bitcoin. And that doesn't have much monetary value. But it could actually represent anything that we decide it rep- decided it, it could. So it could be a share in a company, a vote in an election. It could be a, a piece of property. It could be a piece of artwork. It could be anything. And the way the network works is that because it's so secure and it's so um, because it's so secure, we could tag that little piece of Bitcoin as being, you know, a microphone, <laughs> and then I I send that to you. And now you've got a record that maybe you own that microphone now. So it refers to something else. Yeah, okay. So it's very like secure. Because I've heard there some <coughs> like ticketing companies are thinking yeah. of, of incorporating the blockchain so that you can't just resell fake tickets or stuff like that or somebody can't just buy it all up. Absolutely. There yeah. was a, a project around when I was um, involved in the industry called Aventus. And that's exactly what they were doing, yeah, to prevent um, ticket scalping because – um, when tickets are released, um, people will just buy buy up as many as they can, and then they'll sell them on a, on on the secondary market and try and make profit. Um, so, so that's just another way of that blockchain technology can be used. Okay, so that was probably a lot for people who have never heard about crypto or <laughs> Bitcoin before. But, um, but like, I understood majority of that because I've done research but to summarize i just want to check that i'm interpreting this right is basically um the whole premises around crypto is it is decentralized there's no banks involved as you said you don't need to wait two days for your money to go through i think a lot of business people love it because they can send what a million dollars worth of crypto in a few minutes instead of waiting for the bank to be like oh we can approve that but it won't be in for five days you can transfer on the weekend all of that 
Um, and it's a very secure network because people, um, it's not the banks being like, hey, yep, this person's got enough, we can approve that. It's like systems, the blockchains or the mining people being like, yep, cool, you can transfer the money because there's enough there. Yeah, that's 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 great. Yeah, that's how Bitcoin works. Yep. Okay. Yep. And am I correct in saying there's only ever going to be 20 million something Bitcoins? 21 million, yeah. 21 million Bitcoins. And so... Um, why why is that good that there's only ever going to be 21 million or bad? Sure. Well, um, I mean, it's an arbitrary number. It could have been anything really. But the idea that there is a limit to the amount of Bitcoins that there'll be, the last Bitcoins will be mined in 2140. Um, but we're already we're up to, I think, about 19 million Bitcoins have been mined already. Um, and it's, um, it's it's designed to be a deflationary currency system, although it is slightly inflationary because there is being bitcoins being produced by the network every ten minutes. It's oh, so they slowly releasing, yeah, so that somebody can't just buy it all up. Well, it's just the um, well, no, it's not so that somebody can't. I mean, if you have enough money, you can go onto exchanges around the world and you can buy all the bitcoin that people are selling. Yeah although that is only a, a small percentage of the Bitcoins that are available because a lot of people are just holding them. They're not selling them. Um, so they're using it as a um, and as an investment for the future. Yeah. Um, plus, there's about 4 million Bitcoins that have been lost as well. <laughs> so people have just lost the private key or, um, yeah, they've just lost the private key. Yeah. Um, and then the way the system works is if you don't secure your Bitcoins properly or you do, you lose your your private key it's kind of like your pin number you, you won't ever get them back so there is um that is a, a potential down downfall or a risk of of using the, the cryptocurrency if you don't know what you're doing <laughs> yeah and we'll and we will talk about that towards the end on like how to buy how to store all okay. of that a uh, bitcoin yeah um but so on the on the currency issuance question on there. the on the currency and the and the inflation yeah like so it's it, a deflationary it's a, yeah so it started out with every ten minutes fifty bitcoins were created in two thousand and two thousand nine I think uh, the January two thousand nine was the first block and then um, every four years it goes down by fifty percent so the next uh, four years every ten minutes will be twenty five bitcoins then the next four years twelve and a half. And then just goes down from there, 6.2. So I think right now we're into, is it the 6.25 or the next halving would be three Bitcoins every 10 minutes. So basically every four years, the amount of Bitcoins that are being issued every 10 minutes I didn't goes know down this. by half. That's so interesting. Yeah. And then basically the idea is, is that um, the value of Bitcoin should increase over time because of there's less and less available. However, there's there'll always be enough for everybody because it's divisible to eight decimal places. Okay, but what happens if everybody just decides to hold it? Well, they won't. They people, won't. Yeah, people. Okay. Some people will always want to spend it. I mean, yeah. Or eventually, you might, if it became the world's global reserve currency, for instance, mm. um, then people would be using it to sort of to transact with each other as a medium of exchange to buy food and. Yeah, so you kind of like have to spend. Maybe, yeah, yeah, for sure. But you know that is that that does help to keep the price, you know, in higher if people don't sell it because that's that's how markets work, right? Is basically, you know, the, the the cost of something is deemed by the market was what people would be prepared to pay, and if there's a scarcity of something, normally that means that people have to pay more. So there's not many Rolls Royces driving around burly heads. 
And if you wanted to buy one, you know, you, it would cost you more than a Toyota. Mm. Yeah, because the current price is at like 42000 What What is it today? Do you yeah, know? something like that. About yeah. 40000 Aussie, uh, 20, yeah. 29000 oh, US I remember dollars or something, yeah. But, you, but that shouldn't put anyone off from buying them, yeah. not buying any Bitcoin because you can buy just, you know, $10 worth. You don't yeah. have to buy a whole Bitcoin. Yeah, yeah, you can just buy what, whatever. Five dollars, yeah. Whatever little bits. Um, so you probably already know this, but 80% of all US dollars were printed in the last two years. Did well, you know that? My, it doesn't surprise me. 80%? Of, yeah. That's insane. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, if you look at the uh, the chart of the amount of currency in circulation since they came off the gold standard... Um, or even since the start of the, the Federal Reserve um, turn of century, I think it was last last century. Yeah, that, I mean, it's just slowly, constantly, yeah, constantly printing more and more money. Yeah, yeah, it's a debt based system, so who knows how high the um, the debt can go? Yeah, <laughs> isn't US in like trillions? Yeah, but who do they owe it to? The Fed. Yeah, but I mean. <laughs> Do they? I, I don't, I'm questioning yeah. that. Uh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, but it's just, it's, um, yeah, I mean, it's based on the country's output, right? It's based on their GDP. So governments borrow um, based on their output of the gross gross domestic pod- product, you know, what, what is being produced by the country. So um, just like companies, really, you know, if a company is, is um, making a lot of profit, is producing a lot of stuff that people want, then you know they can borrow on their on their profits and that's you know it's debt based system mm. whereas um cryptocurrency like physical gold is is it's almost it's it's kind of like a um a prepaid system um or more like a postpaid system actually because the energy to secure the network and to produce the bitcoins has already been invested into the network mm. and to produce more bitcoins it requires lots more energy that's that these um, mining co- um, mining computers are using, that so it costs a lot of money to produce a bitcoin, um, whereas it doesn't cost anything for central banks to create more 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 currency. Yeah. Um, just like gold, it costs a lot of money to mine gold. I mean, you and I can do it. We could go out panning for gold, but companies like Fortescue Metals Group or Rio Tinto with their big machines are going to probably be more successful at mining gold than we are. And that's similar to Bitcoin as well. You and I, we could actually become miners on the Bitcoin network, but there's large corporations that are already doing it on a, on an industrial scale. On a, Yeah, on a much larger scale. Yeah. Yeah, because when I heard that statistic of 80% of all US dollars have been printed in the last two years, I was like, oh, I need to buy even more Bitcoin because like inflation is just going crazy. Whereas I look at Bitcoin as like a really... Well, I personally think it's a good investment because I'm like, well, there's only ever going to be 21 million. Mm. Um, but I did hear on your interview that there could be more than 21 million. Mm. As in like in the program, in, in the... Oh, if it was forked, I think that... <laughs> what yeah. does that mean? Yeah, if it was forked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, well, there was a fork in the Bitcoin blockchain. Um, it was, and they made uh, Bitcoin Cash... Um, so it was around the fact that um, there's a limit to the amount of transactions that can get put into each block. So there's a limit on the amount of transactions that can happen every every 10 minutes. Um, 
because of the way the system is designed. Um, so some people in the community um, felt that Bitcoin wasn't being used as a currency system as it was originally intended and that there should be a change to that um, that techni technicality in the code. And um, there was a schism in, in the community. There was like, some people didn't um, agree with that. There was a, there was a conflict. Yeah. Um, so it was forked. So Bitcoin Cash was born, which was it's like Bitcoin, um, but it has um, the ability to, for more transactions to, hap to happen. But does that mean that there's more bitcoins out there? Well, it's a different, it's a different um, code. It's a different. Um, oh, currency. so somebody just fully invented that? Yeah. So they they use bitcoin basically. There's ev everything the same except the block sizes were different. And then there was a some people agreed to secure that network with their computers running a different code, and they created bitcoin cash. But that's not bitcoin. So, oh, okay. so it's oh, just it's okay. an alternative to Bitcoin. So people in the community weren't happy with the way it was progressing, and they thought, okay, we'll we'll create our own. So it was a there was a fork. They called a fork. So basically, you take some some code, and you change a little bit of it, and you're forking the code. You're creating a, a, a new version of it. Um, but over time, it's it's shown that the market has shown that the you know that one didn't do so well, and um, and Bitcoin still remains to be the one people are, are using more of. Okay. Wow, that was hugely technical. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I, I do get that as well. Um, so people are kind of probably very sceptical about Bitcoin or crypto in general because it's hugely <laughs> volatile. You'll see it kind of like have crazy highs and then go really low. Um, so what? why would everyday people – be interested in crypto or like what would be the benefits of it or let's speak specifically about bitcoin mm, yeah just to clarify bitcoin is different to the other coins because the other coins there's not certain amounts they can just keep making them they're all different yeah, yeah there's okay. there's there's lots of them there's thousands of them yeah. yeah and and some of them are very similar to bitcoin and just they've just rebranded themselves but they're very yeah, similar okay. but bitcoins are like the og yeah well that's the one that's used for it's like the gold standard the value of it is the highest. It has the most amount of users, the largest developer community around it, um, the most integration around the world. Um, however, it is designed to be used as money and a store of value, as opposed to some of the other cryptocurrencies like Ethereum and there's there's so many of them. Yeah, they have different use cases, so they can be used for like more like um, maybe Internet of Things, where we can you know connect up different devices to the internet and maybe those devices can use a different token rather than Bitcoin. They can use Ethereum and then Ethereum has more complexity. So you can do more things with Ethereum, for instance, than you can do with Bitcoin. And there's other cryptocurrencies. They have their own value proposition of different ways that you can use cryptocurrency, a little bit like we touched on on before. Right. So it's actually like different benefits. Is that because yeah, Ethereum... Like, like different companies, really. They're like different tech companies, Oh. different projects and they offer different value propositions and vast majority of them are still very speculative um and all people are trading them like currencies or investments yeah but their real world use case uh, many of them has yet to be proven so um but why in answer to your question why would somebody you know want to have a, some bitcoin it could be just a small investment you know on the potential that maybe it goes up in value in the future or maybe they like the ideology behind bitcoin that you know it's like similar to people that buy 
physical gold, you know, and if, if inflation goes up, maybe the cost of gold that goes up in value as well so that they're not constantly seeing their um, investments or their, their money going down in value um, in relation to the cost of goods and services. So um, now you talked about inflation, you know, if the cost, price of coffee keeps going up and up and you like drinking coffee, but your salary doesn't go up and up, you, you know, event, you're going to have less and less money to spend on other things. So if you're able to buy maybe a little bit of Bitcoin or solid gold or something and you hold on to that over time, maybe that goes up. I mean, nothing's guaranteed, but it's kind of like a hedge against inflation. Mm. That's the idea of it. Mm. So, yeah. And as well, it's, it's, it's something cool to have whereby, you know, it's been around for how many years now? Nearly 15 years now, Bitcoin. So, you know, it's a good chance that it's going to be around for a lot longer now because it's had quite a lot of attacks by through governments and people trying to hack it. And, I mean, it's the only network in the world that doesn't have any downtime. I tried to use my Westpac app the other day just to send some money and um, it said, oh, you know, not service uh, temporarily unavailable. So yeah. I only had to wait a couple of minutes. But even so, it, you know, Bitcoin has never gone down in 15 years. The service just keeps going. So, um, and the next time it goes on its bull run, may, I, I believe it, it goes through these cycles where it goes up and down in value. Um, but if you look at it from... It, it was first being traded at six six cents in two thousand ten. Six cents, and then it, the highest it's been it's like eighty something thousand. Yeah, something like that. Aus- Australian six dollars. Cents yeah, to yeah. eighty thousand Australian, Australian dollars. dollars. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, for sure. So if you bought a few dollars worth back in two thousand and ten, that would be uh, worth a lot of money now. But, yeah, oh but um, but yeah, it's sort of, and it's nice and like. You know, every every few years it comes into the media and people talk about it, and then it, it sort of goes away again. And and so, then people yeah. panic and sell. Yeah. So if people are interested in in maybe um, investing a little bit of money into it, then the best time to do that is when it's quiet, when you're not really hearing about it. Um, the worst time to buy it is when people are talking about it, because mm. that's when the price is high. So true. So if you're not hearing about it. Buy it. <laughs> not investment advice at all. Yeah, this is not <laughs> investing advice. This is for educational purposes only. <laughs> Don't worry, we'll have a disclaimer at the beginning of this. <laughs> okay. Um. And so, do you think Bitcoin in Do you think Bitcoin is a new gold? Um. Well, it certainly has a lot of advantages over gold. Um. You can like, if I wanted to give you a piece of gold, it'd be quite easy to do it now, right? It wouldn't be so easy to do it if I wanted to give you a million dollars worth of gold. That would be quite heavy for me to carry around. Um, and if um, we were in different countries, again, how am I going to give you some gold? You know, put it in a parcel and send it to you. It might not be so great. So compared to Bitcoin, which you know we can transact it anywhere in the world, yeah, with an internet connection, and it's you know happens within ten ten minutes, depending on how bus- busy the network is, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So so in that respect it's it's sort of a modern version of gold because it's it seems to keep holding its value and it's a hedge against inflation just like gold and um the only thing it doesn't have is the history. See gold has got like a long history of of being worth um of having value. Yeah. Like if you track the cost of the price of gold compared to um in relation to goods and services gold has always sort of fared really well. You know, like a hundred years ago, 
um, if you wanted to buy an Italian suit, the same amount of gold you'd use the same amount of gold now to buy an Italian suit. So it kind of always it seems to track well with the costs of goods and services. So does that make sense? Yeah, a little bit. Gold mm. kind of skeptical about gold. <laughs> I mean, yeah, what is it? It's just a shiny, shiny metal. I mean, it's used in electronics, but I mean, there's a there's a huge amount more that's just being stored, and not really nothing's really being done with it. I mean, some people believe it. It does have um, sort of spiritual or energetic qualities to it. Wow. There you go. Yeah, like in South America. Um, I was in Bolivia. Um, I went to visit a, um, a an archaeological site called Tiwanaku, which was a, it's a two hundred meter square like temple complex, and they um, they date it to around seventeen thousand BC. And um, there's remains there that show the um, the shamans of the time would have their skulls stretched when they were born. And they, they would later have a, um, a hole drilled in the top of their head where they would put a little piece of gold because gold is very electroconductive. And then when they would do ceremonies... On whoa, the, wait, when they're alive? <coughs> yeah. What? Yeah, for sure. But I mean, it's like, I guess they knew what they were doing. So um, they put a piece of gold in the, in, the, in the top of their head. And then, then when they would do ceremonies on the, on the, on the summer or the winter equinoxes, because the whole complex would be lined up with the know with the astrology of that time yeah that's how they were able to date it so they would be doing some sort of ritual where they'd be drinking some plant medicines and connecting to who knows what they were connecting to so that was using gold for something that obviously we don't use it like that today wow and you know <laughs> don't try that at home kids. don't don't <laughs> don't don't drill holes in your skulls and put bits of gold in there no not no don't try doing that that is wild. Okay. Yeah. So oh yes. God. So there is that potential use use case for gold that it's sort of it has more um, uses than than we're aware of. Okay. Um, next, I want to get into government. Um, first of all, and this might be a little bit off topic, but what are CBDCs? C- Central Bank. Uh, Digital currencies. Yes. Yeah. Is that CBDCs? CDCD. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Central Bank CB. Digital currencies, DC, so CBDC. CBDC, okay. Yeah, sure. What are, what are they? What are they? <laughs> what are they? Well, it's a good question, yeah. I haven't done much look. Um, I've been out of the industry for a few years now. So uh, yeah, comes, like I'm a little bit rusty. Uh, yeah, a little bit rusty, but um, they were talking about it like for many years. So central bank digital currencies. So rather than using the, um, like the retail banking sector, like Westpac, ANZ, whoever, um, you just you have a, like a digital central bank digital currency that's you know owned by the central banks, mm. right? Because they're yeah. trying to play it off like they're crypto, but they're not because it's centralized. Yeah, that's it's not right. decentralized. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, no more information about that though. Well, I mean, if you look into the central banks, they, you know, they. I think there's only a, a couple of countries that they don't. Um, they're not involved with the currency. Of that country, I think Iran is one, and maybe North Korea is the other. Oh, um, oh! So they would bring in these <coughs> worldwide, and so you would just spend your money in whatever country. I'm I'm not entirely sure. Yeah, so yeah. yeah no, I'm, fair I'm, enough. I'm not entirely sure, but yeah, it makes sense. I mean, there's, um, I mean, you've got central banks in each country. Yeah, but I guess they they 
you know, they communicate with each other. <laughs> oh, they'll all be friends. <laughs> and they hang out in Davos and, you know, the um, World Economic Forum type places. And, nice, yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure, yeah. Mm. yeah. Okay, so, like, what are, what are governments doing about, you know, crypto and trying to regulate it if you know Yeah, for sure. It? No, yeah, I was in, like, when I was running the blockchain centre, that was, that was actually coming in at that time. And, um, yeah, a lot of countries have put in regulation around, like, the um the on ramps and the off ramps so the exchanges so if you wanted to buy you know ten thousand dollars worth of bitcoin um you'd use an online exchange most people are doing it like that you know because it might be quite risky to meet someone on the street and do a cash transaction with them you know so right so people are using online exchanges where you sign up um with your um hundred points of id and um and then you you transfer the money to your account and then you buy it just like you would do share trading. Yeah, and then you buy the cryptocurrency on the exchange and then the best case or the um, best practice, should I say, would be to take the Bitcoin off the exchange and put it onto a hardware device, uh, an offline wallet, so you control the Bitcoin as opposed to leaving it on an exchange where it could potentially get hacked or maybe the exchange goes bust. and So... Um, but yeah, so there are. So sorry, I just want to pause there because this I don't know why, but that that part took me ages to understand. Mm. Now I get it. So like you might sign up to Coinbase or Binance or something. Yeah, it's a platform where yeah you put in your details, you put your money, and then you can buy the the Bitcoin or whatever you want to buy. Um, but it's better to take it off that platform because that platform could get hacked or. Well, they're centralized. Yeah. Oh. So the whole point of cryptocurrency is it's decentralized. As soon as you start leaving it in other people's hands, then you're, then um, that's that's not how it's designed to be used. Oh, okay. Because technically, if if you signed up with Coinbase or something, and then they were like, we actually want to pause everybody's accounts, they could technically do that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. It's just like the okay. bank that's in the. It's like money in your, that's in your bank. Yeah, it, yeah. Could, it could just get frozen if you if it. If yeah. you've done something naughty. Yeah. yeah <laughs> Not that sure. we condone in doing. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you, you can take it off the exchange mm -hmm. into a hardware wallet, which. Yeah. Uh, or a, is that a ledger? Is that the same thing? Yeah, there's a few available. Like um, we always used to recommend a Trezor or a Ledger. Um, they're both companies that are that have got a good track record, and it's just a, it's just a way of um, storing your private keys. But it's just like a USB, isn't it? It's just like a USB, yeah, that you plug into a computer and when you want to um, send or receive Bitcoins, and well, you don't even need it to receive Bitcoins because you only need to... Um, you can show people your public address. It's kind of like your bank account and sort code. Yeah. Um, but it's the private key you need to keep safe, and these devices do that very well. So they kind of protect your private key. So if you um, inserted it into a computer that had some viruses on it, yeah. It would still be protected. Wow. Okay, that's awesome. So yeah, that's it's like very, very safe. Okay. Yeah. And when you sign up, I believe you get, what, 12 seed words or something? Yeah, that's your backup um, passphrase. So in case you did lose that device, um, you can get another device and then you just, when you boot it up, you enter in um, your 12 words or 24 words and then you can even add a passphrase to it as well. Yeah, and then, and okay. then you can restore your balance, um, so you're able to retrieve. So you don't, yeah, so don't lose your seed words. <laughs> no, that's right. Write it down a couple of times, and then, you know, put it in a safe or put it put it somewhere. Or 
Um, you can even just create a file on your computer that's like encrypted file on your computer. It's quite easy to do. Ah. And then you can just to access that, you just put in a pass passphrase, and then you can you can get it. You can get your passphrase back like that. Yeah, there's different ways. It's really, but or you could even memorize it. But you know, if you <laughs> fe- fell over and hit your head, yeah, I, I wouldn't trust myself. Then, uh, yeah. But I've heard I've heard people go like to uh an extreme way to store it because don't the Winklevoss twins or however you pronounce their names, they own a lot of crypto and I think they have their words, their seed phrases maybe split into like two or four pieces of paper and then they're all in different um, safes in different areas of, in different areas of the country in America. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, disseminated across different locations. Yeah, well, that's like, there's companies that actually hold Bitcoins for people that are designed in that way. They're specific, like, um, security companies that do that wow and they have them in vaults that are really um, well protected security Um, another way of doing it is to have a multi-signature wallet so you have your you have your bitcoins and then what you do in order to send them you have to get a few people to agree to sign the transaction so not one person can sign it yeah so that can that can work quite well as well. To make sure that no one's stealing it. Yeah, so if you're a company and you're using cryptocurrency, mm. um, you might have your chief financial officer and, and another person in the company that is, you know, before any transactions can be made, it comes across their desk and they, they have to sign it as well. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. So it's called a multi-signature. So rather than just having one person being able to send and receive it, you have multiple multiple signatures required. Okay, Cool. And then wh- how do you spend your Bitcoin? Well, there's not so many uh, bricks and mortar companies that accept it, really. Um, it tends to be more online, um, and businesses online. So, yeah, there's a lot of companies that accept it online. Um, or you can find people that are willing to, um, you know, do work for it as well. You know, so in the tech space, it's quite popular to be used. Um, but... You know, if someone's wanting to pay their rent, for instance, they might use a um, a service that then tran- that then converts the Bitcoin into their local currency. Um, so there's a few companies that do that as well. So um, as soon as you pay a company for a product, they're converting it on the back end into a, into US dollars or pounds or whatever. Yeah. yeah. So um, and anyone can do that. It's just a plug-in. Anyone can do that on there. On their website, you know, on your shopping cart, you can you can create a link to, um, yeah. Okay, so, um, you know, Bitcoin could be a really good investment for some people, maybe. Um, but what about can it ever pay dividends? Yeah, that's a good question. Yeah, no, it doesn't doesn't pay. It's only a capital right. capital gain on Bitcoin. Yeah, so unlike shares, um, which can pay dividends um, depending on the company's performance. Um, there are no shares on Bitcoin, although Ethereum is doing a. Um, you can stake them, so is that like mining it? Um, it's not. It's basically locking up your currency, and then you get a a, a return on that. Oh, it's called staking. So it's basically like earning interest in the bank. It's like of. earning interest in a bank. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a different way of securing the network. Um, there's mining, which is using CPU power, computer processing power, which the Bitcoin network uses. Um, right, um, and then there's um, staking, which is proof of stake. And proof, proof. Bitcoin is called proof of work. You have to spend a lot of energy and invest in these special machines in order to try to earn Bitcoin. 
proof of stake is you have your currency and you lock it up and it means that you can basically um, be part of the network and uh, wait yeah. so you can earn money from just locking up your money you can do yeah for sure but yeah how what's the benefit of that for them for you locking up your money like why would they give you money for locking up your money well, well it's not your money but your ETH yeah yeah that's a good question yeah so the benefit of that is it helps to you then people can then vote on what's going on in the network so it's a where's yeah, it gets a little. We're going down the rabbit <laughs> hole a little bit. <laughs> I'm interested. That's great that you're interested. Yeah. Um, so, in order for a decentralized network to work, it has to reach consensus, which is a group agreement. You know, if we're not using Westpac or a driving license agency to agree on what is the state of 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 the network. You know, um, then we have to use another. Um, uh, system so bitcoin uses the proof of work and then ethereum well ethereum still proof of work but there's other networks that use proof of stake ethereum is trying to go to proof of proof of stake some people believe it well it's more efficient with regard to burning energy you don't burn the energy um so with proof of stake is people lock up a certain amount of their currency and it's kind of like votes in an election and then it gives you the power to agree of the state of the network. So if I'm an Im if I have Ethereum, I want to make sure that the network's going to be secure and it's going to hold value. If I'm interested in seeing the value appreciate, so therefore I would maybe lock up some um, Ethereum and I would be involved in the network. So when ah. there's decisions being made about the network, so I'll, b I'll be running a node which checking all the transactions like we talked about before. Mm -hmm. And then also if there's any upgrades or people want to, developers are suggesting a changes to the network, then I can I can vote. I have the software and the, the investment to vote on that. It's kind of like votes in an election. So similar to people have shares in a company, you know, the people that have got the most shares, the, the largest percentage will have more of a deciding factor on what happens on the network. So it's a way of keeping the network decentralised, but you're actually investing in it. So you're kind of like a shareholder almost. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Okay. Does that kind of make sense? Yeah, no, it does make sense. I'm just wondering where this money comes from. Do you know what I mean? Like when you lock it up yeah. and you earn money, yeah. where's that money coming from? Right, yeah. Well, that's then that comes down to the currency issuance of the network. So different networks have different issuance systems. So it gets, um, whereas Bitcoin is just very simple in that yeah. respect, with um, with other networks, they have multiple. You might get them. You might get the um, currency back. So, say for instance, you lock. There's this one called what was it? Bitshares, I think it was. Um, let me think of a better example now. Oh my gosh, my my mind slips. So there was a network where you would you would get. Um, it's kind of like Reddit where you'd actually get currency for posting but you wouldn't be able to spend that money straight away it got it gets locked up and then you could late you could later you could you could divest you could sell it later but it wasn't the same as getting the actual currency itself that you could trade so it had less of a value to it right but you had to wait for it yeah okay mm. so it's like incentive incentive that's exactly what it is yeah, yeah it's an incentive yeah and the different protocols have different ways of incentivizing yeah mm. Mm, okay where do you personally see bitcoin going in the future 
Um, so with regards to the usage, I think the usage will continue to increase, the amount of people using it. Um, I think new um, layer two scaling solutions will eventuate. So that means more. it, it will make it easier for people to transact with it. Oh, okay. Um, um, and it will be faster as well. People will be able to transact faster with it. Um, and I think the value will will continue to go up over time. I mean, it will continue. To, I think it will continue to have these peaks and troughs where it goes up crazy high, and then it goes down, and then it goes up. But if you if you look at the the price chart since it came out in two thousand two thousand nine till today, and you were to draw a line, you would just see that it's going up. It's going up. Yes, it goes up and down during that time. You know, it was six cents. Now it's forty thousand dollars or whatever. Yeah. You know, so in thirteen in in thirteen years or something. Which is a crazy return. <laughs> yeah, for sure. If you held it since then, if you held it since since that time, yeah. 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 For sure. Yeah. Because I think a lot of people, yeah, will buy on the hype, and then it'll come down, and they're like, "Oh my god!" And, and then, then they'll, they'll panic sell. sell. Yeah. I'm for like, sure, don't yeah. panic sell. One of my friends is like, "I lost money on Bitcoin." I'm like, "No, you just chose to sell it when it was down, you nincompoop." <laughs> I'm like, just hold it. Best investment for advice for anyone is only invest what you can afford to lose. Oh, love that. Yeah. Yeah. So just. Start slow if with any like with anything. Start slowly and like you know, under try and understand the network, understand what you're investing in. Like anything, if you're going to invest in a company, you know what is, what's the company's values. You know, who's who are the people running the company? What do they sell? Is that aligned with your values? Do you are you even interested in it? Because if when you become interested in it, it kind of you know gives you a lot more satisfaction and you know it's where you're putting your money, which is you know has has energy to it, the money that we use and where we put it. So, I mean, I really believed in Bitcoin because I thought it could be a benefit for the world. So um, that's why I made it my, my, I made a business around it. Yeah. So, and the byproduct of that was I was open to seeing lots of opportunities for investment opportunities as well. You know, so it kind of, um, um, yeah, it worked out well in that respect. Yeah. That's so awesome. Uh, I, that just reminded me of something. Does the central bank, or the Federal Reserve own quite a bit of Bitcoin? Oh, I don't know. Oh, you don't know. Okay. I think, okay, never mind. <laughs> it's quite possible. I yeah, mean, I think I saw something about them owning, like... Any financial instrument that the, the, the existing incumbents of, you know, financial institutions will probably, you know, want to want to maximise their opportunity from it as well. So, you know, it's, it's tradable in many countries around the world now, so... Mm. Yeah, it's interesting that I feel like a lot of young people are on board with crypto, and then a lot of older people aren't. Especially in even if they're in the investing world, like Warren's like big no no. <laughs> yeah. And then I was um, speaking to, I think he's like the head of investing at ANZ or something, and I was in the, <laughs> I was wow. in a room full of all the investor uh -huh. like middle aged investor business dudes, and then uh -huh. I put up my little hand in my yeah. pink shirt, and I'm like. Hi, just wondering, what do you think of Bitcoin? <laughs> sure. And what did they say? They they didn't shit on it, but okay. they were just like, for our clients, um, they want to see past evidence and like a long history, and we just can't really justify it. It's a bit too volatile. I was like, oh, okay, fair. Mm. Well, it's it's a it's a competition to them as well. I mean, what do you mean by that? 
well, there's there's no interest, there's no benefit of them adopting Bitcoin because they make money from the existing financial system. Yeah, yeah, that's so true. Zayn said, "Oh, so silly." <laughs> that's so good. Wow, I never thought of it like that. Yeah, it's a it's a kind of compet- competitor to them. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, and I'm curious, what do you think about like the current? financial times people were like being like we're about to go into a heckin wild wild dip yeah i don't pay too much attention to to the to the media and the news and i just yeah. you know try and focus on what brings me passion and joy and um, do the things that i love doing and um you know when there's opportunities to work and make money and provide then that's where i put my efforts and i think um i feel there's through my whole life, there's a lot of noise in 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 geopolitics and um, what the governments are saying, and you know, quite often it's very different different from if you actually just speak to people on the street. You know, it's you know, there's not the same level of fear and. Um, prop- I mean, I feel it. They're just it's a lot of propaganda. Mm. It's not to say that you know. I mean, governments use interest rates and inflation to you know control people's spending. So obviously, it does have an effect. People that have got mortgages, governments change the interest rate. Um, then it means that people have to pay more money to the banks mm. on the loans that they have for their properties. So it means they have less money to spend on other things. So that's you know obvious. Um, and then when inflation goes up, the cost of goods and services goes up. It makes it more difficult for people to buy all the things they want to buy. Maybe so they have to sort of adjust their budgets. Yeah. Um, I feel very lucky that I've always been able to work and I've always been um, able to have food and a place to live and um, and I don't see any reason why that's that's going to change now. So um, I like I try and try and put a po- positive spin on life and just do my best, really. Yeah, no, hundred percent. The media are definitely like fear mongers, and you're like, <laughs> well, I just avoid it. I yeah. just don't listen to it, or just if I, yeah, I just avoid. No, mainstream smart. media. Yeah, no, no, smart. My housemate's bullying me because if they put on the news, I'm like, turn it off. They're like, it's Andy's kryptonite. <laughs> I'm like, I don't want to hear it. <laughs> I'm going to be in my positive world. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, it just, yeah, it's, um, it's just not beneficial. I don't think you know. It's just not helpful. Yeah, it's just not helpful. For but at me, the same, for me, yeah, no, no, so fair. And then at the same time, I still want to. Still want to learn, just not from that type of place. Yeah, I care about what's going on in the world. Yeah, yeah but I mean, yeah, yeah it's, but I also well, I, I care more about things that I can actually have a positive influence on, or I can affect in my life. Or you, you know? can control. Yeah. I can control yeah. knowing about these massive geopolitical problems, and you know, the governments decided they're going to spend an extra ten billion dollars on on the military over the next ten years. Or I mean, I, I you know, I'm not interested. Yeah, no, so fair. Um, but if there is going to be a dip, everything <laughs> everything's going to be on sale, guys. So have some pocket money ready to buy that up. Well, potentially it already is because it yeah. was like $80,000 a few years ago and now it's, what, $40,000. Yeah, so. yeah, it's halved. Yeah, so... Yeah. Um, so go ham if you want. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we love a good sale. Okay, um, I'm pretty sure that is... Everything. I didn't even look at that, really. I just had it all up here. Um, is there anything else you'd like to sprinkle in to the podcast? 
anything else I'd like to sprinkle into the podcast? Um, we we will end with with the fast five, but oh right, but okay. There's a fast five, is there? There is, there is. But before we do that, is there anything you'd like to sprinkle in uh, with regards to cryptocurrency? Yeah, I think um, education is the most important thing you can do in anything really in your life. Um, so if you're interested in something, educate yourself about it, and um, sort of don't take one person. Um, yeah, don't just take what one person says as gospel. Um, you know. Do your own research and really try to understand it. And um, you know, like I said, the Bitcoin white paper. Um, I did a course um, from the University of Nicosia, um, which is an online free course. I don't know if it's free now, but that was really great. It was a twelve-week course, included PDF documents and discussion questions, multiple choice questions, learning about the history of money and um, how blockchains work and cryptocurrencies and applications of them so i mean it was pretty accessible um so yeah. the information is out there a lot of people they tend to follow youtube like um people you know so they have a favorite youtuber or something mm. Mm, I'd, I, I'd 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 be wary of doing that because quite often they've just got their own viewpoint yeah um, okay so instead of just sticking to one what learning from abroad uh yeah yeah for sure yeah and yeah. also like quite often it's it's Investing actual time and studying something is is probably going to get you the best rewards rather than just sort of like getting the, the quick fix and just following following an influencer. That's um, yeah. yeah, and just understanding. <laughs> like I think I understand it, but I'm like I think I still have more learning to go. Yeah. That's why I wanted you on because I was like, no, I need to learn more. <laughs> and check for understanding. That's right. Just ask people, and you know, most people are pretty. Um, most people are genuine and just want to help each other, right? I, well, that's what I believe. So, yeah, it's been a real privilege to be able to sort of share a little bit of information about Bitcoin with you. And it's really awesome that you're interested in it because, you know, you're a little bit younger than I am and, you know, the future's in your hands. The, <gasps> the pressure, guys. Yeah. Then <laughs> <laughs> it's great that you want to understand that you're not just sort of being, you know, accepting what's being spoon-fed to you by the media and 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 the hype that goes around it and the fear and the misinformation and the disinformation. So actually really wanting to understand how this thing works and how you can use it for good in the world. Yeah. We can use Bitcoin for good, guys. Yeah. And thank you, everybody, for listening. How cool is that? Everyone's just tuned in. Um, and thank you for your time and energy. But we're not done yet. Okay. So the fast five. I will ask you five questions. <laughs> and you just got to answer whatever comes to your mind first, okay? This, okay. Is, this is not to do with crypto anymore. Okay. This is to do with Martin. Oh, right. Martin, the, the good soul. Okay. First of all, what is the most life-changing book you've ever read? Most life-changing book I've ever read. 2009, I really got into Buddhism. Mm. And um, uh, The Power of Now, by Eckhart Tolle. I really loved that book, yeah. I've heard about that book. Yeah, so that was... Um, I read some other books on meditation around that time and just awakening. And I was I was in a corporate job. I'd been working it for five years and I was became a national sales manager. And, you know, financially I was doing well, but I just found it a bit empty, really. Empty of meaning. And, um, that's, and then I started to... Um, become interested in in meditation and ended up um, living in a tibetan buddhist monastery in in uh, in nepal what <laughs> so went traveling through tibet and china and uh, 
had some amazing experiences. Yeah, amazing part of the world, uh, Himalayas. So, um, so yeah, it was only five five weeks in the in the Tibetan Buddhist monastery. That's a long time, though. Yeah, it was it was it was great. It was really really good learning about Tibetan Buddhism and uh, yeah, beautiful beautiful tradition. And um, um, so uh, more recently. Um, I've found the uh, Four Agreements uh, very powerful uh, by Don Miguel Ruiz. And the Four Agreements would be impeccable with your word. So understand that words have spells, as do thoughts. And, you know, what we what we speak into existence can affect us, but also affects other people. So to be mindful of that. And um, to not take things personally. I think that's really powerful. Um to know that you know what what somebody is doing or saying is more a reflection on what's going on f- with them as opposed to um, uh, being a reflection of you, um, so, and I think that leads to a lot more understanding and compassion when we do that as well, because um, we haven't walked in each other's shoes, right? So, um, and the third one is um, don't make assumptions. So always ask questions. Mm. Uh, that's uh, which is what you're doing, Andy. Oh, so I commend you for that. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and uh, the fourth one is uh, always do your best. Oh, mm. now we don't need to read the book. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> it gives some wonderful examples and and there's some stories in there. So, um, but yeah, it's uh, it's a beautiful, a beautiful writing. Yeah, I really enjoy that. Yeah, Don Miguel Ruiz. Mm. Mm, okay, so um, am I allowed to say your age on? Sure. Okay, cool. So you're 46, are you? 46, yeah. I was born yeah. in 1976 in the Chinese uh, astrology. I'm a dragon. <laughs> you definitely don't look 46. It wigs me out. I thought you were in your early 30s. Yeah. You're looking after yourself well. Um, So thank you. you're actually the oldest person I've had on this podcast. Oh, wow. I know. Amazing. Well, thanks very much for <laughs> inviting me on. For having grandpa over here. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> so... I, I say your age because I think it's important to know that for this next question, which is um, this Tony Robbins says um, fulfillment, so success without fulfillment is the ultimate failure. And you were saying how you were had your corporate job, but you weren't feeling, you know, maybe super fulfilled. What's kind of your relationship with that, with that quote? Would you agree? Disagree? hundred percent. hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Agree with it. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I mean, you can, I mean, I felt fulfilled when I was um, riding a, a, a motorcycle in the um, in the mountains of northern Vietnam, just on my own, nearly lost, just trying to get to this village called Sapper, which is an old French village in the mountains. And um, it was just a wonderful, wonderful feeling that I had at that time. Um, and I was just on my own. I just felt completely free, but I also felt really just alive and blessed and just, you know, just being on an adventure. And I feel like that now, that I'm on an adventure, but in very different circumstances. So fulfillment now is is more, is maybe more grounded now that I'm getting a little bit older. So the quality of my relationships, um, being responsible, um, being a provider, which is why I'm, developing this property and growing vegetables and um um yeah living life um in a different in a much different way um and feeling love and purpose and 
Um, but yes, uh, quality of relationships, I think, is massive influence on how you feel. And um, yeah. Nice. Do you feel, I think, uh, I don't know if you felt like this, but a lot of people, including myself at times, in your 20s, it can feel so scary. You don't know what you're doing. You're yeah. like, am I doing this right? And you're like, what is my purpose? Are sure. these my people? Do you feel a lot more like certain about yourself and grounded? Yeah, yeah. But I, those questions, I was never really asking myself those questions in my 20s. I was I was very loose in my 20s. Fast and loose. I was very loose, yeah. I had, um, um, yeah, I was going from job to job, trying out different things. And um, um, I, I wasn't the healthiest uh, at that time, you know. I used to enjoy partying and um, taking intoxicants. And um, so I went through a journey of... Um, sort of having to understand why that was and um, to, um, yeah, to um, choose a more healthy path, yeah. Wow. That just made me feel so much better because I feel like it's so easy for us to look on social media and be like, oh, there's 22-year-old millionaires out there. Like, that's where I need to be. Like, I just feel like everybody's in a rush mm. to kind of just be super successful, whereas you're like, no, nah, no, nah, I went through job from job. Yeah. Didn't even ask those questions till what your thirties and stuff? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't until my, my mid thirties that I decided that okay, um, um, maybe I should um start trying to kind of put down some um put make some roots and um set myself up financially so that I can potentially provide in the future if I'm wanting to, you know, um meet someone and start a family, which I'd I'd love to do. Um then I felt that I wanted to be able to provide for that future, and uh, one of the tools that we can use is to create some create some wealth for ourselves and some security in that respect. So obviously, it can be helpful in life to to have money. Um, and um, I always had a, a just a I don't know why I just had a belief in myself that one day I would start a business that I'm really passionate about and it would do really well, and you know I'd make a lot of money from it. And um, yeah, I did. Hells yeah! Okay, so what advice would you have for people in there? <laughs> what? <laughs> Why are you laughing at me? <laughs> okay, what advice would you have for people in their early twenties who are kind of maybe yeah, just freaking out? They're like, God, oh, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't yeah. want to be rich, but I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, well, don't want to be rich for the sake of it because that's that's pretty vapid, and yeah, don't pay any attention to these people on social i mean yeah you do what you want to do <laughs> but people showing the bling bling and i mean it's like empty in my day it was mtv music videos right <laughs> with the gold chains and the cars and yeah. i mean it's super empty i think it's just and it's part of the system you know it's enslaving you you know to want those things is to is it's, it's nothing wrong with wanting to have wealth and to you know but to display it that's what the media does, you know, fame, fortune, all these things. And, you, and you know, there's no shortage of people that have achieved those things and it hasn't made them happier. So that leads you to think, well, maybe there's there's more to it than that. So don't make getting rich your goal. Make finding your purpose and something that's going to give you joy and and share that with other people and that will bring you success. So that's the most, uh, I think that's the, just find... And try out lots of different, and, th and don't feel pressured to do that. If you haven't got that, don't worry about it. <laughs> try out different things, 
that you enjoy doing. And if you don't, you do something for a year or two, you start a business, it doesn't work. You know, that's cool. Well done for having a go. Do something else. You know, there's no limit to what you can do in this world. It's really up to you to decide how you want to play the game. And there's loads of different ways to play it. And there's, you know, some are team to have better results than others. But that doesn't mean to say you've got to actually just follow that path. Try to create your own path and things that work for you because everybody's unique and um, everybody's got their own uh, their own gifts. Hmm. Wow. I feel so so confident by that, to be honest. That's great, yeah. So yeah. confident, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's good. I'm, I'm glad you do because it's, it's like um, I think people need to have confidence, you know, have confidence. You know, we've come this far. We look around us, you know, most people, life's not that bad. Like, look at where we're, we're living in, in paradise right here. I mean, yes. it's absolutely, I feel so grateful to be living on the Gold Coast. Uh, but I was at Burley Heads Market this morning, you know, like buying amazing organic food. Um, it's amazing weather. You know, there's so there's so many people around that are supporting a really amazing existence for us. So for me, that that makes me feel like, well, what can I do to continue that on? You know, maybe I can keep some chickens and they can, I can give them organic feed and and um, and the eggs that they make, I can maybe sell those or give those to my friends and I know that they're going to be nutritious eggs. So, you know, and it starts, starts thinking like, oh, what can I do to help this beautiful community as well and be part of it, you know, to raise the vibration. That's such an expansive, beautiful way to look at it. I'm feeling really, <laughs> really happy by listening to this. I don't know, I'm sure everybody else is as well. Thank you. Well, you're an example of that. Oh. Because you're, you know, inviting people to have conversations that, you know, and and to broadcast a, a positive message as well and to help people to maybe see things differently or, yeah, so well done. Thank you. Um, I have two more questions, I think. The first one is I was speaking to somebody this morning, um, shout out to Sam, and he was like, um, can you get somebody on and ask them about, uh, get an entrepreneur on and ask them <laughs> about, there's people who want the entrepreneurs. They want to be an entrepreneur, but they're like, I don't know what I want to do, or I'm really scared to start. What if I fail? What advice would you have for those people? Mm, just do it. Okay. Just start. Stop overthinking it. Just start. Absolutely, yeah. I like it. Keep it simple to yeah. start. You'll never know <laughs> if you don't do it. And I, I used to have this thing where, um, you know, everything had to be just perfect before I would do something. You know, everything's got to be lined up and remove any of the risk associated with something. Then I'll make a decision. And it's never going to be like that. <laughs> so, you know, whatever you can do today, just start doing that however small it might be, if it's stepping in the right direction, at least you're taking steps in the right direction. Um, so, but again, it comes back to finding your purpose and your passion. If you enjoy doing something, just do more of that. And chances are you're going to get really good at it. And the chances are that people are going to want to start paying you money for it because you're really good at it. And, and then things will go from there. Um, yeah. No, that's great. Just do it. Just do it. Yeah. Okay. My last question I have for you 
is if you could embed a habit or a mindset into the listeners' ears that will help them thrive and become the best best people ever, uh, what would it be? Uh, yeah, just what, what I've just said. Just do it. Have confidence and believe in yourself and, and go with that feeling, that feeling of that intuition, that feeling that you have. You don't know wh- why it is, but you just want to do something. Just do that and just keep following that and then you'll get momentum. And then once you have momentum, you'll start to get belief in yourself and then you'll get results and that will just keep compounding. Kind of like, you know, the idea of compounding interest. It it does, I, it's something, I wish I'd have done it when I was a kid, you know, but now it's, it's, it's void because the interest rates are tiny. But like back in the day, you know, if you invest like a pound a day or a dollar a day and, and then there was like a 10% interest rate, they used to, banks used to pay like 10% interest on, Did on, on, on say, yeah, there's, there's the idea of saving money. You know, if you save money mm. regularly over time, then in 20 years time, because of the rule, the laws of compounding interest, you could have quite a nice, nice nest egg. Yeah. Well, they've removed that from people. That's not, that's, it's not on the cards anymore. Um, yeah. Anyway, just, just, a, just an analogy, <laughs> but yeah, this idea of compounding interest, you know, do something good for yourself. You, you know, if you feel a bit overweight or you're not happy with an aspect of your life or you want to get fit or whatever, okay, just do a little bit. Just keep doing that. You know, you find you want to play the piano or you want to start a business. Okay, start learning about it, and then that will just feed in itself, and it will become a self-fulfilling. You become a self-fulfilling prophecy, where the, it will just start to happen, and you will be that entrepreneur because you've done the steps to become the entrepreneur. That is stunning. Thank you so much for your time and energy. I really love this. I love that we went from learning about crypto to just like learning about life. That was perfect. Oh, I feel so happy. Um, Usually we plug the person's Insta, but um, I don't think you really want people finding you. Do you want people finding you? No, I'm not not too fussed about sort of – I'm not really – I don't have any. I, I I do have. I'm working on a project right now. Yeah. Um, and um, I'm um, looking to launch a retreat um, oh, place. Yeah, for that's doing awesome. Yeah, so it's um, um, but it's still in development. Yeah, for sure. Um, but, uh, we we met at the familyhood. Uh, we did workouts right on the beach. Yeah. Yeah. So um. It'll be something like that, where a place where people can come and they can do like self development and some um, maybe ice bath, sauna, um, enjoy food, and um, maybe learn learn something, something something great, um, have a nice experience. So um, that's what I'm working on at the moment. And um, if people want to come and find me, I, I'm part of the Brotherhood community yeah yeah um which is an amazing community of men and we do workouts uh, every day uh, in the burley heads area so um yeah if people want to find me they can come to one of the sessions i do the the 5 a.m sessions nice <laughs> what time do you wake up uh quarter to five. Oh, yeah. and it yeah. must be close by yeah for, yeah yeah for sure yeah yeah, I, yeah I'm, I'm living in burley at the moment yeah so, perfect uh, yeah so um yeah come along to the brotherhood sessions and you'll cool. find find me there. Cool. And if you're a female, um, you might see him walking around belly. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> anyway, thank you guys so much for listening. I'm always so grateful. Uh, if you did enjoy it, feel free to screenshot it, put it on your stories and tag me. The Instagram is Attitudes with Andy and you can like and share and leave a review and all the good things. Anyway, uh, I will see you guys next week for another episode. Bye. <laughs>